Welcome to Detour to Neverland, where you are the author of your own Disney story. There's a lot of satisfaction in developing ideas into realities. And you can find magic in your everyday life. If you do what you really want to do, you feel like you're playing. How can you write your first chapter today? Dreams are how we figure out where we want to go. Life is how we get there. I'm headed this way. We're your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 272. Thank you so much for joining us. And we have heard you loud and clear. A lot of you we know have listened from the very beginning, and we are so thankful for you. Some of you we've picked up along the way, and you've went back and listened to a lot of these old episodes. And trip reports is something that you guys have always asked for us to bring back. And so that is what this episode is going to be about. Now, of course, being as locals and we're not traveling anywhere right now, besides just right down the road, we thought maybe a good way to do it is to recap all of our different trips to the parks this past month, the things that stood out, new things that we tried, maybe our opinions have changed on different things or cool experiences that we took part in. And that's kind of the inspiration behind this episode I'm excited for it. We've made our list of kind of everything that we could remember that we did this month. I think going forward, we'll be very intentional about writing things down as we do them and writing down our little thoughts, but I'm excited for it. Are you? I am. So, you know, like Brendan said, this is kind of our April recap because it felt funny to call it a trip report since, you know, it's not like a full-fledged trip. You know, we didn't stay at a hotel. You didn't have to do the whole you know, excitement of booking and planning a trip and everything. But I mean, I do think there's some value to, you know, just the new experiences that we continuously seek out and try to have and just sharing those that maybe, you know, when you're planning your trip, maybe we'll mention something that sounds cool and you can add it to your itinerary, which is always fun. Yeah. So keep it in mind throughout this episode. If you're in the planning process, definitely reach out to our friend Hannah Little with Creating Magic Vacations. She is our go-to agent of getting everything done and everything tidy, make sure every box is checked for that Disney vacation. You can find her at littlebitofdisney.com. There you can fill out a free quote. Just tell her all the information that you know about your trip. Maybe it's just dates that you know at this point and some sort of budget, and she can work with that, and she'll keep in touch with you as new sales drop or new uh, now resorts open. All of that news, she stays on top of it and makes sure that you get the perfect vacation for your family. So again, it's littlebitofdisney.com. Fill out that free quote, or you can click the link in the show notes. And speaking of Hannah, this is a three-episode week for Detour to Neverland, because on Thursday night, we will do our live show again. So we are so thankful for you guys that joined us last month. And the whole idea behind this live show is the last Thursday of every month. And we are doing a preview of the next month. So this episode will be all about May. So there's a lot of Mother's Day stuff going on in May. And we're creeping towards the summer crowd. So lots of things are kind of ramping up. And and so we're going to be on top of all of that. We'll be sharing that on Facebook and on YouTube. That is Thursday night at 8 o'clock Walt Disney World time. But if you are a podcast listener, we will also be putting the audio up for that on Friday. So you can catch it. So three episodes coming your way. If you're curious, Thursday's episode is the finale review of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We thought we'd give you guys maybe a, a week or time. so to process it. I, we're still in the process of processing wrapping, it. Yeah, wrapping <laughs> our minds around it. But so excited to share all that with you. So we kind of broke this into two different categories. Food is obviously like the biggest thing that we do at Disney right now. So we wrote down all of the new restaurants or maybe places that we just don't go as often um, this past month. And then we did memorable rides or experiences. So if you're following us on Instagram over the weekend, we did ride the people mover today. So stay tuned towards the end of the episode where we will get to talk about that. So Catherine, why don't you kick us off with where somewhere we went early this month. And I think it might be your favorite restaurant on property. If it's not my favorite, it's definitely pretty close. So the first thing that we did this month is we went to brunch at Olivia's Cafe, which is at the um, Old Key West Resort. 
And this is a brunch that we cannot speak highly enough about. I just think everything on their menu is amazing. It's very casual. It's a great little spot. And we go there as often as we can. So a little background information. Olivia's has been one of our favorite restaurants for a long time. We love it for lunch as well. And then after they reopened last summer, it was only Olivia's breakfast. And their breakfast menu was lacking a couple of things that we love off of their brunch menu. Most notably, the crab cakes egg benedict for you, Catherine, Mm -hmm. and the banana bread French toast for me. That's like my favorite breakfast slash brunch dish of all time. And it's, it's, it came back, it lived up to the hype, and they actually added to their brunch menu when they came back as well. Now they have a chicken and waffles. Now, there was a little bit of confusion about this chicken and waffles. We're going to throw your sister under the bus a little bit. Well, that's okay. We were told, and we got super excited, that... We were told that it was going to be a Nashville hot chicken and waffles. We since learned that is not true. We were given false information. We were bamboozled. We were bamboozled. Our hearts sang for a little while. Um, But she's when we went, so she went with us, she got the chicken and waffle, even though it was not Nashville hot. Um, But it was very good. Still, I think it came with like a bacon jam on it, which sounds kind of odd, but she said it was very good. And I tried some too. It was good. But the waffle is like a sweet potato waffle. I didn't try the waffle. I think I'm very content with a banana bread French toast. I feel like it's a dish that probably many of you have tried if you've been to Olivia's. But if you're not familiar with it, you may think it's just like normal French toast that has the flavor of banana bread. Like some bananas on top. It is literally slices of banana bread that they fry in the pan to make it banana to make it french toast so this is probably a meal that you would want to eat on maybe like a more relaxing day you know if you're having like a pool day i don't know if you want to eat this much and then go to the pool but it's nap inducing i was gonna say i think a good suggestion for when to go to olivia's would be on your disney springs day Mm -hmm. it's on the way there if you're staying at most places on property you have to kind of pass the old key west area And it's just a very chill place. I don't think Old Key West is somewhere that you want to rush in and out of. You peruse, you walk around the lake, you check out the pool, you check out the lobby, the gift store. It's just like, it gives off very, like, it's very Old Key, or I was going to say Old Key West. It's very Key West. Mm -hmm. Like, it's true to form, just like very, very relaxed. I love that resort. And I love Olivia's brunch. Oh, yes. And speaking of brunch, we went to another brunch which was top-notch. So we went here with my parents when they came down to visit for a weekend. We went to Wine Bar George for their brunch. And this is the second time that we've been. Um, I, again, got the crab cakes, not crab cakes, just the Eggs Benedict. This one had sausage on it. So not quite the same as Olivia's. It was very good, but Brendan was the winner at this meal. So last time we went, we almost went a year to the day. Well, a little bit off. Last time we went, we went on Father's Day weekend. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was one of the first weekends that Disney Springs was open. One of the first weekends we lived here. It was like our celebration meal for living here, basically. It was. So at that time, I got what they called the dad stack. Which was just a one-day menu offer strictly for Father's Day. So don't go and ask for the dad stack because they'll probably look at you like you're crazy. But what it was, was it was a layer of French fries, French toast, sausage, bacon, steak. And eggs. And eggs. It was insane. The wildest meal I've ever ate by far. It's like something from Man vs. Food. I was out for the rest of the weekend. I was out (laughs) of commission. But the basis of that is the steak frites which is what I got this time, and it was chef's kiss. I mean, it was so good. They I have was jealous. like a sriracha sauce that they put on there, and I'm not typically a huge fan of sriracha, but it was just enough heat to bring out a lot of flavor, and you were just like dipping your fries into it because it was that good. And then it has the eggs on top of it. They serve them like maybe somewhere in between over medium, maybe a little bit less. The yolk runs everywhere. 
again, typically I'm not a fan of a runny yolk, but with the steak and the fries and the sauce and everything, it is absolutely incredible. It gives off very different vibes. Winebuyer George, to me, is a very, like, it's not a place that I think about just like, Grubbing. Grubbing. I was going to say gorging yourself. (laughs) But this dish is, it's a killer. But they do have lighter fare options as well if you're looking for more of a more traditional style brunch. Like a healthier, where obviously we're not super healthy, so this is not the meal recommendations that you might be looking for. The problem is, is that when we go to table service restaurants, it's normally like just a couple times a month or something like especially these type places we usually go all out whenever mm-hmm. we do that although this list is this list is kind of impressive of everything that we went it is so watch your watch your tongue i guess whenever our budget comes up later this month we'll know where all of our money went food always food um so the other place that we went was three bridges which is at coronado springs resort And you've probably heard us talk about Three Bridges before because it is amazing. It gives our other favorite bar, Geyser Point, a run for its money because it just ticks all the boxes. You get the outdoor patio seating. You get good drinks. You get great appetizers. We always get the corn dip or the cheese dip. This last weekend we went with friends. We got both, which was always a treat. And the food, like the menu is very well-priced. I'm talking my favorite thing to get from there. They have um, three pork tacos that come with a side of either fruit or French fries. It is $14. And it's so much food that I've never even been able to finish it. Now that you said that out loud, you know what else is $14? What? A Ronto wrap. That's a full meal for the same price as a Ronto wrap. I mean, there's a lot of things at Disney. Like most drinks that you would buy are more expensive than $14. And it is a good meal. Now, unfortunately, if you are planning a trip, the secret is out on Three Bridges. I feel like it was under the radar for a while and it has just been overblown with hype recently. So I would go at odd times if you can. Avoid weekends. However... This plays into the next one on our list. If you have to go and you put your name on the wait list and they do their wait list through the app, so you don't actually have to go to the restaurant. You have to just be, it's a geofenced thing, actually. You have to be on the Coronado Springs property to be able to check in and go to the restaurant. So as soon as you get in the parking lot, go in, check the wait time, put your name on the list. And then the last couple of times that we've done, because that wait was over an hour, is we go up to Dahlia Lounge at the very top of the Grandestino Tower. Dahlia Lounge is the first one on our list that I'm don't I'm not raving about it just yet. I want to. I think that's fair. I think it's very much like a great vacation spot. You know, it's a rooftop bar. You have great views of um, Epcot, Hollywood Studios. You can see Blizzard Beach. I mean, it has really impressive views and like roof. Top bars are very popular, I'd say. We love them. We do love a good rooftop bar. Um, You can sit outside. They also have a lot of indoor seating. Um, We've had really good luck because, again, we went twice. (laughs) And, you know, we've had good luck getting outside seating with our parties. So I feel like it's just like the atmosphere almost outweighs the actual drinks and everything, if that makes sense. I think it's just one of those places that the last time we went, I think was better because we just went off menu. I think we tried to stay on menu for a lot of our drinks the first time and just nothing really, really impressed me. They were a little too far outside of my comfort zone for what I was looking for. So then the second time we just went with like an old fashioned and a margarita, just as simple as that. That's what we want you to make. And of course, any Disney bar can do that. They have their staples and and they can do that and accommodate you. But I do like, I like trying the different specialty cocktails at all the different bars around property. And so when I just have to, you know, say just a generic old fashioned, it takes me out of it a little bit, but it's good. It's just, to me, it's not great yet. And we did try some of the food and the food was pretty good. Um, We had 
I don't even remember. Like croquettes. Croquettes, that's what they were called. They had a ham and cheese, like pressed sandwich. That was excellent. That was probably the best one. And then other people at our table, uh, well, your family. My mom. Had some shrimp and like a curry sauce. Mm-hmm. It and it like. came with like little. Toasted baguette. Toasted bread. Yeah. So we didn't try that, but they said it was pretty good. I think there's also a mood killer that happens to us whenever we go up to Dahlia Lounge because Toledo, the restaurant that's at the top of Grandestino, is our like knockdown, drag out, like our favorite place to go. Mm-hmm. We went twice before when it was open and we absolutely love it. We're just we're searching the news all the time, waiting to see when it's going to open back up because it was some of the best food we've ever had on Disney property, I think. So it makes me, maybe that's part of it. We just get up there and we're like, man, we really wish Toledo was open. Yeah. I mean, it is that good. So that's about it at Coronado Springs. Um, we went to the Paddlefish, their rooftop bar. <laughs> I'm noticing some trends with us. We have a trend. Yeah, we have a type. Um, and that was awesome. That was a 10 out of 10, I would say. I'd say Paddlefish is an excellent place. I don't know what it is. And like, there is just something weird about you almost get misinformation there quite often. There's some there's some issue between the communication between the rest of the restaurant and the hostess stand because it's happened to us multiple times there. And it happened to our friends Dan and Leslie from Addicted to the Mouse, where they'll sometimes tell you the bar is closed, but it's not closed. Yeah. So I sometimes just you just have to walk up there. It's and, just so big, maybe. I don't know. Quite possibly. But if you want to go to Paddlefish and go to the rooftop bar, it's on the third floor. It is on the back side of the boat, so it's closest to like T-Rex or to World of Disney. Very nice, very enjoyable area. There is some shade up there. They have some covering. So if you don't want to be sitting out in the sun, then you can do that as well. It's a little pricey. That's probably my biggest issue with it. But it's a, it's an excellent location. But if you go there and you are hungry, I have to recommend they have crab french fries as like an appetizer. And those are pretty good. We've had those twice. Next couple things we had recently... We went to Sunshine Seasons in Epcot. Now, I know this is an, a much older restaurant, and many of you have been there before. And we hear the praises of so many of you that you love Sunshine Seasons. I want to love it. I love the land pavilion. Like, I love Soren. I love living with the land. I love the smell in there. There's something that I just can't... Like, I never am wowed by Sunshine Seasons is my issue. Yeah, we, so truth be told, we did not want to eat at Sunshine Seasons. Our goal was we were going to Epcot, we were going to just kind of mosey around, and we wanted to eat the festival food, and then it was an absolute monsoon. I mean, complete thunderstorm, lightning, thunder, just buckets. A gully washer. Yes, from the sky. So us, like everybody else, ran cover and that's how we ended up at sunshine seasons and correct me if i'm wrong did we both get kids meals i got an adult meal i got the half roasted chicken i got just like a kid's pizza because i was holding on to hope that we would be able to go and eat the festival food we did not in case you're wondering it just i don't even think the booths would have been open honestly it was so bad but yeah it was my sister says that that's her favorite place, that she loves the salmon, I think she said. So maybe we'll have to go back and try it, but I don't know. If you guys have a favorite meal at sun- Sunshine Seasons, that's always a tough one for me to say, to be completely honest. It is a little hard to say. If you have a favorite one, let us know, because I want to love it. I love the atmosphere. Like I like sitting in there. Mm-hmm. I'm just never... We've tried to go there multiple times before, and we pull up the menu and just like, no, we don't see anything that we like yeah. or that we not that we don't like that we want that we yeah, that we would just be super happy to pay Disney prices for. So we have one more restaurant and then we just have a couple of items that we had snacks that we had in the parks. Last one is maybe this is maybe still considered a hidden gem 
It's called Primo Piatto. You can find it at Disney's Riviera Resort. You may, if you follow us on social media, we had a TikTok and an Instagram reel about it, of that now it is our suggestion, or, or maybe not suggestions the right way. One thing that we do and when we go to Hollywood Studios now is quite often we will leave Hollywood Studios, take the Skyliner over to Riviera, and eat at Primo Piatto. And it is an excellent, excellent quick service location. It's a little pricey for quick service, but I think that's kind of on brand for Riviera in general. But it's sandwiches and flatbreads and things like that. But it was an excellent sandwich that I had. Yeah, we both got sandwiches. I got like a grilled chicken sandwich, pesto. Uh, It was very good. And it came with like Parmesan garlic French fries, which were amazing. And then you got... I honestly can't remember. It was like, wasn't it like a ham sandwich? And it had the melted cheese on the top. Like a croque monsieur. Yes. And just looking at it, like made your mouth water a little bit. A little messy. So be prepared for that. But excellent overall. And then to end your meal, they had a chocolate banana bread little... Like loaf. Loaf. And it was very, very good as well. Yeah, we just went for it. We got it. I would recommend it if you're just looking for a little a little treat, a little snack. But Riviera in general, I think, is a place that everybody, if you're planning a vacation, you need to stop by there. You're going to be on the Skyliner at some point. You know, odds are you'll get on the Skyliner at some point, either going to Epcot or to Hollywood Studios, and you're going to pass through Riviera. It doesn't take long just to jump off. The coffee bar there is an Excellent, excellent coffee bar as well. You can go to Primo Piatto. You could go to the pool bar as well, which has more food options than a typical pool bar would, or you can just get some drinks there. And I think everybody needs to experience that resort because it's it's one of those, it kind of has that Grand Floridian feel, I think, where people like us, like, we don't belong here, <laughs> but we're here and we're enjoying it just because we can. Yeah, I mean, it's really nice. I'd say that is at the top of, my personal list for places that I want to stay next, you know, if we booked like a staycation, because I really do like their pools. So of course they have the pool with like the big slide, but then they have another almost like more boring adult looking pool. That's the one that I'm interested in because the chairs have like those big cushy pads on them. There's a big problem with your plan though. What? The gelato stand is inside the other noisy pool. Oh, I'll walk for gelato. We'll, we'll walk for gelato. Um, so that's another plus. They have like a super cute splash pad that I think if we went with our niece, she would love it. And they have the really cool mosaic artwork with the Peter Pan and the Rapunzel that if you're getting off the Skyliner, you should go check out. I mean, I just think everything about that resort is super dreamy. But if you're going to do one thing and one thing only, I think you need to go to the coffee bar. It's right off the main lobby. I always get the cinnamon cold brew, and it is one of my favorite coffee drinks ever. I feel like I've gotten two different things. Both have been good. I want to say I've had like a white chocolate mocha type type of thing. It's not called that, but it's similar. It's very similar. And then I got something frozen last time because it was so hot, Uh, but both were very good. So it's a nice place. And while we were there, we finally got to experience the characters coming around to the different resorts. So that was a first for us. So basically what happens, um, it was Pluto and it was Goofy. And they came through the lobby and they stand on, they have these little balconies. And if you're in the lobby, they'll come up to the door and you can take a selfie with them there. Or they'll kind of hang off the balcony, almost like what they do at Magic Kingdom. And you can just like wave at them and talk to them from down below. But I think, yeah, I mean, I think, again, we always kind of talk about a lot of these things outside of the parks. And I think Disney's doing more and more to make that more similar to the old experience. I mean, but even better in some ways, they never would have considered bringing characters to the resorts besides for a character meal in the past. So I think it's really nice that they're doing things like that. It's pretty cool. All right. Last couple of just food items that we've tried. I've got two things. 
One, the pepperoni pizza spring rolls in Magic Kingdom. I know they have a lot of hype around them. The hype is real. We tried them for the very first time, and I didn't know what to expect because we have tried the cheeseburger um, spring rolls before, and truth be told, we didn't like them. Now, this is coming from people who just like plain cheeseburgers, and it was the mustard that threw me off. Yeah, it has like the mustard, ketchup, pickles, like it has all of it in there. So you have to kind of prep yourself for that if you're going to get it. But the pepperoni pizza one, on the other hand, just pepperoni pizza. And it comes with like a marinara sauce. You get two. So we both got one. And then you could easily make it like a snack meal kind of thing. Like if you just wanted to snack around Magic Kingdom all day, you could easily get those and feel very full. But also maybe in like an hour, you'd still be able to go get your next snack. So if you are maybe avoiding the spring rolls for any reason, you know, you think maybe the hype is is too big on them, I think it lives up to it. They were very good. There's not many things that we tried that have like that much hype around them like the spring rolls, but these were excellent. If you're not familiar with them, they're on the borderline of the hub and Adventureland. Mm-hmm. And they're just in a little cart. Go up. It does look like a lot of times there is a long line, but it does move pretty quickly. It moves pretty. I mean, you don't have a lot of choices. And when we were there, um, we got like some of the last ones and they had to restock them. And that only took a few minutes. I thought it was going to be like a whole ordeal because I don't I didn't know where they were coming from. But it seemed to happen pretty quickly. So they were definitely prepared. The other snack that we tried recently is also in Magic Kingdom. And it was the corn dogs from Sleepy Hollow. So the legend behind these corn dogs is that now, supposedly, they are using the same exact ingredients and cooking methods as the Little Red Wagon corn dogs in Disneyland. Which is a lot. I mean, that's some hype right there. That's a legendary snack. Mm-hmm. Like, absolute legendary snack. From either there or Corn Dog Castle and California Adventure. But you like Little Red Wagon. I get it. Exactly. Just classic. I, they were good from Sleepy Hollow. They weren't made fresh, I think was the biggest issue. I agree. Yeah. I mean, they were definitely sitting under like a heat lamp, which, you know, that probably happens at every single quick service restaurant for the most part. I get it. Um, But yeah, I don't think it was quite the same as the Disneyland and, you know, I've only had it once, so maybe I'm not an expert on corn dogs. It was good, just not. I I think if I were going to Sleepy Hollow, I'm still going to get the, um, like, the spicy chicken and waffle sandwich over the corn dog. I don't really like, well, I would actually stick with the corn dog. I know hot take, I'm not a big fan of the spicy chicken and waffle. I want to try the Nutella waffle. I've not had that yet. That seems to be more my style. Chocolate. Yeah. I mean, you can't argue with that, but I disagree. I can't really think of any other snacks or food that we've had recently. We did go to Gideon's and we tried a new cake flavor. So we can give you a full update on now all the... So if you listen back to our Gideon's episode, we're all about the cakes. The cookies are good. Cookies are great. Very good. But the cakes are a different level They're in our opinion. Changing. Now, we have heard some not-so-great reviews. Some people don't like the cakes as much because they thought it had the the ratio between icing and cake was not great. I'll be the first to say, I'm not a huge icing person. I thought it was excellent. So just maybe keep that in mind, have an open mind that it is a lot of icing that they put on these. Well, and they do market it as like a double-iced cake. So maybe that should be, you know, like our first clue that that's what we're getting into. So I would agree. It's a lot of icing. This last cake that we had, it was like a key lime pie cake, which is something that we would typically never get. We got it over like the cookies and cream. And red velvet. And red velvet, which are two solid choices. But it was very, it, it was excellent. It wasn't as good as... They had like a chocolate peanut butter banana, like an Elvis kind of style, I think they called it. That, if you see that and you don't get it, 
I will be mad at you. I think if you see peanut butter in any of the cakes, you have to get it. But again, if you don't like like a rich, thick frosting, you might not like it. Because it, I mean, it's a lot. Looking forward, I think the new food item, which Catherine, I don't even know if you know about this yet. Um, they now are doing these cookie dip things. So they're taking their normal cookies, chopping them up into maybe fourths or fifths, and then they are dipping those pieces of cookie into melted chocolate and then sprinkling it with sea salt and handing it to you. I kind of don't think that's new. I think maybe the hype is new. I'd have to look at an old menu, but I think they've always done like the cookie pieces. Dipped in chocolate though? I don't know. I guess I just thought that they were. Maybe it's new. Maybe you uh, dreamed this a long time ago, and now it's coming to life. It, that, that is possible. But I do think there's a, there's a little short conversation to be said about that. We often joke whenever we get into these Gideon's lines, and they're super, super long. And, you know, we always say, like, you know, we're going to laugh about this a year from now when it's just walk up. They are killing it at staying relevant. Their social media game is insane. They are delivering on like having new flavors and new things to try to keep people coming back again and again. So I don't think the hype is going to die down for Gideon's anytime soon. Again, I'm not here to throw shade at anybody, but the hype is kind of already gone on Everglazed. But Gideon's is rolling strong, I still feel like. They are. I mean, it's hard to argue when, you know, like they consistently have, you know, a three hour wait, you know, over an hour wait, whatever it might be, you know, that is not going away. And like we had friends that came down and visited um, with their kids for like the first time. And that was one of the first things they said to us when we were in Disney Springs, like, okay, where is this bakery? And I was like, wait, what you like, you've heard about this? How did you hear about this? Not that it's any kind of secret. It's not like a hidden gem by any means, I, you know, but it was like, oh my gosh, okay, yeah, let's go. It was a three-hour wait and their kids couldn't hang on, so they didn't get it. But, you know, word words out. If you're interested in social media or marketing or anything like that, I feel like following Gideon's and how they have built this hype and, and this word of mouth, you know, traction, I feel like is an excellent case study. Because they are they are absolutely pushing all of the right buttons, and they have continued to push all the right buttons. They opened in January, so they're four months in, and it is still just as popular as on opening day. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think a lot of that too has to do with like the secrecy aspect. You know, everyone wants what you know they can't have or something that's new or mysterious. You know, just the fact that. I would say, especially with COVID now, that's got to be one of the only places that doesn't like consistently prop their door open, you know, and, you know, that kind of says a lot. So, again, I think a lot of people, a lot of people ask us a lot of times is, is it worth a three hour wait or is it worth an X number hour wait? No, it's really not like worth that long of a wait. But I think if you plan it correctly and you're going to go to World of Disney or you're going to go to the co-op or you're going to go eat dinner in Disney Springs, just stop by, put your name in beforehand, and then you feel like you're not waiting at all. Which is which is definitely the point of having the mobile queue. You know, that's what we did with my parents is that was like our first stop. Okay, get to Disney Springs, put your name in at Gideon's, and then we ate, and then it was, you know, they called us. Perfect. So... I think that's going to be it for food. So now we're going to move over to experiences or new things that we've tried recently. I think one of the biggest things that was very early this month, when Flower and Garden started, we just happened to go on a weekend night. We park hopped over to Epcot late at night. They were having the live music in the American Gardens Theater. I Neither of us are big concert people. I didn't realize how much I missed live music. It was absolutely incredible. I guess you're one to interrupt and say you do you are a concert person. Yeah, Taylor Swift. Okay, there's a difference between being a concert person and just a Taylor Swift concert person. 
I don't, I don't see the difference. Okay. But it was an awesome band. It was a cover band. I wish I could remember. Epic live. Okay. Yes. Because weren't they like saying something? They kept announcing them. They were saying like epic live on stage. And we just thought that was like the name of the series or something. Finally, we realized that their band name was Epic Live. Yes, they were epic. They sang all the right songs. They were genuinely so happy to be there. I mean, just absolutely ecstatic. Like you could totally tell like in everything that they did, they were so appreciative to have people just like standing there and listening. Um, And they did a great job. Their vocals were awesome. And it was just a great spot. And they have returned quite a bit. I've, we haven't seen them again in person, but I've seen them on Instagram where people have been saying they're there quite often. So if you're coming to Flower and Garden anytime soon, I think that's something you have to do. You got to plan to go to that night concert that they put on. It's still physically distanced. We actually stood back near Regal Eagle. Mm-hmm. We could hear it perfectly. We weren't in the theater itself. And we thoroughly enjoyed it back there. So that is a must-do thing, I I think. And they and they cover a lot of different genres and a lot of different uh like time di- periods. Time periods, yeah. That's the right There's way of saying it. Music for everybody and things that you've definitely heard. If we were getting married again, we would hire them to play at our wedding. Oh, would we? Yeah. Those are some bold words. I stand by it. Okay. Do you want to get married again? Let's do it. Okay. August. Sounds great. Okay. See you then. But the other things so that we mentioned rain, um, I'd say April has been a very rainy month for us trying to go to the parks. And I know it's only going to get worse because it's about to be summer and it's going to rain every day. But at least it's predictable rain at that point. That's true. This has been unpredictable rain. So we've dealt with a lot of rainy days, but I will say something that stood out to me was, you know, as the rain has subsided, you know, if you push through, everyone always talks about that. You got to stay, push through, find a spot, bring the umbrella, whatever it takes. Because as soon as it starts to clear up and everything starts to open again, that is some prime time, like ride opportunities. So one that stands out to us is we were in Magic Kingdom walking around and I just noticed that they had started running the Seven Dwarves Mine Train again. And then we noticed that, you know, like the cast member was riding it, you know, being the test dummy or whatever. And we went and got in line before it was officially opened. And we were one of the first people to get to ride it. And we just had to wait like maybe 10 minutes, like once we saw all that happening. So just kind of like having an eye out, like even before – you look at the app or anything, I think was really helpful. It was. It was an excellent time because that's just one of those that it kind of gets you in a bad mood if you have to wait a really long time for that attraction. But if you walk right on it, it is super enjoyable and it is a lot of fun. It is a good one. I've been a known hater of that ride, but I really just hate the queue. I actually enjoy the ride. Yeah, we just, I mean, we just don't like waiting. Other things that we have done in April, we played a lot of golf. One so, of one of which we got rained out of. We did. So we are now members of the Players Club at Walt Disney World Golf, and we can probably have an entire different episode just on the Players Club going forward, but just a brief rundown. Basically, it's a kind of like a pay-it-forward type of thing. So you pay this yearly subscription fee, and then your green fees and your cart fees whenever you go and play and make a reservation are significantly decreased. So just to give you an idea, we can play Oak Trail, which is the nine-hole course, which we played, I think, once in April. Mm -hmm. Nine-hole walking course, we paid $5 to play that. And then we can play the other 18-hole golf courses. There are three other ones. There are two at the Shades of Green uh, resort area right across from Grand Floridian. There's one at Saratoga Springs at Lake Buena Vista Golf Club. Paid $15 each. For those. So you just can't beat it. So if you're local or if you're even traveling multiple times throughout the year and golf is something that you enjoy, probably definitely check that out and see if it's something that you would want to do. If 
it is just a one-time thing. You can, they give discounts for annual pass holders, for DVC, for resort guests, all for kinds Florida of stuff. Residents, for Florida residents, if you're from another part of Florida. So definitely, I did, I kind of had, I had my eye on Walt Disney World Golf before we moved down here. I'm super excited that you picked up the game as well. And now we spend as much time there as we do in the parks, I feel like. We do. I mean, it's a good, like I tell everyone, like it's my Florida hobby. Like I'm getting outside. I'm doing something that I hadn't done before. Like I'm learning something new and it is a lot of fun. And the good thing about golf at Disney is that a lot of uh, skill levels, I guess I should say, go out there myself included. Um, I will say though, the one day that we got rained out, I got my first ever par. So that was super thrilling. Golf clap. Thank you. Thank you. So things are looking up in the golf game, but it is a lot of fun. And mini golf. I don't know if it was April that we tried mini golf. I think it was March, but we can include it. The Fantasia? I believe so. I think you're right. I think it was spring break, but we've done the different mini golf courses at Disney too. And we've thoroughly enjoyed those. So it's a good, it's a good option for like a, a non park day. If anybody wants to play golf, you're coming down here. Hit us up. Hit us up. We're down to lose. Yeah. I can't guarantee that we're great, but we'll go. And we're not competitive. We'll have a good time. Um, so a couple other things we want to hit on when Catherine's parents are down here, they always, or a lot of times they will stay at the Hilton there are two Hiltons near Disney Springs, and we get super confused about this. It's the Hilton that is closer to Saratoga Springs. It's not on Hotel Plaza Boulevard. It's where you turn off and you go back towards Saratoga is the Hilton that they stay at. And if you are looking for a pool day and looking to stay off property, this is the place to be. They had one of the coolest pools I've ever been to. Oh, it was Excellent. So, you know, that's all they wanted to do. They just wanted to have a pool day. Great. We honestly haven't had a pool day since we moved down here. This was our first Florida pool day. And I didn't even get sunburned. How impressive was that? It was very impressive. Lots of sunscreen was used that day. As I'm talking right now with a sunburn. Well, it's okay. We'll think about, we'll relive this day. So uh, we got there bright and early. We scouted out our chairs, no problem. They have a lazy river, which is super awesome. We went around that countless times. They have just another, you know, just like a normal pool. I think they have a splash pad type of thing. We didn't really spend any time over there. And they have hot tubs, which was cool. Those were always busy, so we didn't spend any time there either. But, I mean, they had music. They had waitresses who would come and bring you drinks. And we even got like chicken nachos for lunch. I mean, it was just like your typical relaxing, do nothing pool day. And it was great. So I would definitely recommend that as a good neighbor hotel, if that's something that you're looking for. I have no idea what the rates are like in that area, but it's super convenient if Disney Springs is going to be on your list. And if you want a pool day, but you don't want to go to like a water park, for example, I think that pool would be uh relatively comparable to Stormalong Bay at Yacht and Beach Club. I mean, it was an excellent pool. I was very impressed. You even compared it to like a Las Vegas pool because of like the music and everything, which I know might seem a little intimidating uh, if you have like kids or something, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. So that kind of breaks us away. We did have one other topic that we wanted to talk about, non-Disney. So... So many of you ask us, where should we eat when we come to Orlando if we want to go off property? And so April was the month of us exploring and discovering Berea Tacos. Now, I understand I do not say that word correctly. I've tried my hardest to understand how to say Berea. Berea. I do my best. But no, I think we're all on the same page about what I'm talking about, correct? I'm on the same page. But if you're not familiar, it's kind of this, I don't know if it's a new trend or not. If it's just something that we just recently discovered because of social media. But their tacos 
Um, they are, is it steak? Typically. It's steak, tacos. The, no, the meat is called berea. Oh, yeah. See, this, that's see where- this is what we've recently learned. We're still learning. So it, the meat is called berea. It's basically like a steak. And it comes with like an au jus dipping sauce, which is a complete game changer. And so basically, we heard about these tacos. So we decided to go to a place called Rocco's Tacos, which is actually a chain. But we love it. But they're just in Florida. They're just in Florida. We've gone several times. They have a lot of different locations throughout like the Orlando area. And they have our favorite burrito tacos. They have like a crunchy shell. They come with like cilantro and like pickled onions. Correct. And then the sauce, which is life changing. And we've explored a couple other places, but I think if we're going to give a recommendation, it's Rocco's Tacos. And again, it's very close to Disney Springs. You can easily get there Mm -hmm. either in an Uber. If you have a car, you can easily get there from Disney Springs. Probably 10 to 15 minutes off property, if you had to guess. Yeah, I would agree with that. Not too bad at all. But super cool atmosphere. Good drinks there as well. Lots of margaritas. They have a big patio. Lots of outdoor seating. The whole restaurant is almost outdoor because they have like big, I don't want to call them garage doors because I don't think they're garage doors, but you know. the roller windows. Yeah, that roll up. So almost, it feels like the whole place is outside. They also have tableside guacamole, which is always a plus. Always a crowd pleaser. They get you get to decide your heat level, your spiciness level on that as well. So it's a super cool place. I think they also have locations in Tampa and maybe St. Pete as well. And then I think there's some others on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. But they do have one close to Disney. I think it's technically in Windermere. You're Either in right. Windermere or Dr. Phillips. It's Dr. Phillips. Gotcha. It is Dr. Phillips. So anything else that you want to mention? Oh, yeah. People mover. People mover. So this was a surprise to us because we had completely given up on getting the opportunity to ride the people mover. We knew that it was supposed to be opening. Brendan had marked his calendar thoroughly And of course, like we're following along with other people who were there um, at Magic Kingdom earlier in the day. And we're just kind of following along with what's happening in the park. And it looks like nothing, like a big fat nada, not going to happen. And we, it just so happened that as we were leaving, we got a Mickey bar in Storybook Circus. And I said, okay, let's just walk through Tomorrowland and then like, we'll leave. We just go home. You know, we had done everything that we wanted to that day. And as we were walking through Tomorrowland, we just looked up and we noticed that people were starting to get loaded onto the people mover. And at first I would have thought it was just cast, but then I saw someone wearing mini ears and I thought cast doesn't wear mini ears. That's a guest. Mm -hmm. And then we immediately saw the line. It looked really long. Because they kind of have to snake you all all around Tomorrowland. But we got in at a pretty good time. And I'd say we only waited like 15 minutes, maybe. Because they're not loading every car. Um, and the walkway, you know, it's usually like a moving walkway to get you up there. It was stopped. I did see on Instagram they turned it on later. Oh, okay. After well, that's we were gone, they turned it on. So, you know, it took a little a little longer for everyone to get up there. Um, And they were definitely still spacing you out and everything. So if anything, I think that's why it even took that long. So just to to give you an update kind of on their protocols and their safety protocols right now, they technically could load three parties per train. The issue that they're having is getting three parties up there at a time. They're kind of Mm -hmm. stopping you at the bottom, making sure that you're spaced out before you get onto the moving walkway or in our case, just the walkway. So by the time everybody gets up there, it's typically only two parties per train. So that's what we rode with. But I did see once the walkway started working later, they were more consistently getting every other train. So there's five trains on a car, or I guess five cars on a train would be mm-hmm. the correct way of saying <laughs> it. But anyway, 
they they could more consistently get the three groups instead of just the two. So that will make the line go faster as well. I'm super curious on tomorrow, how long will that wait get to? I I don't know. I am interested to check back in with it though. Now that the secret's out and it's definitely open, as long as nothing happens, I guess you never know what could happen overnight. It did stop momentarily for us, but not too long. No, it wasn't too bad. Um, although I was kind of hoping to get evac'd because we were inside, you know, inside the Space Mountain part, and that would have been awesome. But I mean, it was awesome. It worked out. It did. So people movers back, everybody around the world can rejoice. It just, it feels good to have it back. It does. We're not like the biggest people mover stands like some other people out there. Like we, like we kind of imagined, we were completely content knowing that we could leave Magic Kingdom without riding it. And it was an operation. It just happened to be, we timed it as well as we possibly could. Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad we did. It's it's just one of those, there's no pressure at all on that attraction. There's no story that you have to follow. There's nothing other than just observing rights at what is right in front of you. And I think that's what makes it so peaceful and so enjoyable. And it's super long. It's very long. They had some great moments of air conditioning. And today we needed it because it was very humid. Um, air conditioning, a nice breeze up there. Some great views of the castle. I mean, you can't ask for more. So I think that's going to be it for this episode. Again, later on this week, on Thursday, we will have our Falcon and the Winter Soldier finale review, I guess is what we're calling it. Thursday night at 8 p.m. Walt Disney World time on YouTube and Facebook, we will have our May preview for Walt Disney World and Disneyland, highlighting everything that will be happening in the parks if you will be coming down during that next month. And then next week after that, we will be back to storytelling. So stay tuned for all of those things coming out. And if all of this conversation has you thinking about your next trip, be sure to reach out to our friend Hannah Little. You can go to littlebitofdisney.com, fill out her free quote. She'll get back with you and get that ball rolling and make sure that you get everything that you want or need out of your next vacation. You could also hit the link down in our show notes and get to that quote as well. So again, thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed this type of episode. If you did, please let us know when we can continue doing more of those of sharing our time in the parks. I know that was something we did a lot when we were in Nashville. Every time we'd come to Walt Disney World, we got back. We were already planning all these trip reports. And then it's been a little bit different now. So things have changed. Trying this new format. So let us know if you enjoy it. And thank you so much for listening. Hope you are off to a great start to your week. We will chat with you on Thursday. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Make sure you subscribe and leave us an iTunes review if you enjoyed the show. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland or visit DetourToNeverland.com. We appreciate you letting us be part of your day. See you real soon.